0: The message you are about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen. Your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. For you to call upon you, thank you because whenever I call upon you, whenever we call upon you, you answer us, Lord. We are grateful. We are grateful, Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory and honor and adorations in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, today breathe upon us. Change our lives. Let the name of Jesus be glorified. Honor and glory we give out to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. And may God bless you. You may be seated. Last week we we started a series last week where we um, began to, to talk about make your life count. Everyone say make your life count. And, and we, if you missed last week, you, you really, really missed and you need to go get the CD of last week. The CDs are still free, I presume, and you can also download the MP3 for free on the internet. But you, you need to hear the words that you are we are flowing together, we are are in sync. Today we are in part two of Make Your Life Count. And I explained that when we are growing up, we used to make statements like, um, when I grow up, I want to do this. When I grow up, I want to do that, and do this, and do that. are lofty things, some of them unrealistic, some of them flimsy, but I mean, that's what we wanted at the time. But time passed, life happened. And we find ourselves saying, before I die, I want to do this. Before I die, I want to do that. Yes, I know there are some 65-year-olds that are still saying, when I grow up, I want to do this. When I grow up, I want to do that. <laughs> but we, everybody here, is in, is somewhere in that spectrum. And the truth is, if we are not equipped and we don't do what... God expects us to do. Time just passes. Time just passes. By the time we are done in this series, you will be making your life count. In the mighty name of Jesus. What's your excuse, really, for not giving your best? For not making your life count? What's what's the excuse? What's, what's, What's stopping you and many times, we, we, are, we are full of excuses. We are experts at making excuses. We find someone to blame. In fact, there are people, they always find someone to blame or something to blame. Do you know any of such people? If you don't, maybe you are the one. <laughs> Everybody knows at least one person that it's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's could have done better. It's, I mean, and it's interesting because we blame our cars. Stupid car. We blame the weather. We blame the country. We blame the politicians. We blame the economy. We blame our spouses. We blame our... We blame Nepal. If only there was Nepal. We blame everything. And the the, the danger is that when you blame everything, you you are left with nothing to work with. When everything around you has been blamed, what else do you have to work with? And when there's nothing to blame, again, you've blamed everybody and everything you can see. You, even the church, you have blamed the church. Then what is left? And sometimes, when there's nothing left, we begin to imagine things to blame. Like the man in Proverbs 26, verse 13. The Word of God calls him a lazy man. He says, the lazy person claims there's a lion where? On the road. Where is he? He's in his house. He's claiming there's a lion on the road. I am sure there's a lion out there. So the lion is a figment of his imagination. I cannot take my business to the next level. Why? Because there's a lion in the way and the, you know the competition is fierce. But even if there's a lion out there Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. A greater lion is within you. Praise the name of the Lord. So the the question is, why wouldn't you be all God has created you to be? Why? Why wouldn't you be all God has created you to be? The story is told of, of a man and a woman, husband and wife, on a Sunday morning, and the, the, the lady got ready to, to go to church, get, got the children ready, you know, looked at the husband, he was still s- snoozing, and you know, it was time to go to church, and the lady said to the husband, "Only, are you not going to church? And the husband said, I have three cogent reasons not to go to church, three cogent points. Not to go to church. Number one, the weather is good. This is a fine weather. Number two, not many people like me in the church anyway. Not many people. Some people always eye me in church. Number three, can't a man just Decide to relax at home on a Sunday morning. And the wife said, I have three reasons, cogent reasons, why you should be in church today. Number one, the weather is good. Number two, there are more people that love you in church than dislike you. And number three, you are the pastor. So the pastor <laughs> didn't want to go to church. So pastors sometimes don't want to go to church. Maybe, but I can't remember any time I didn't want to go to church except for Mondays. Oh, Mondays I don't want to go to church. Mondays I do not want to do anything. Mondays, I sometimes I struggle because I'm flat out and tired. On Sundays, I want to go to church. Praise the name of the Lord. So many of us go through life with no clear-cut vision. No clear-cut, God-imprinted big idea for our lives. You speak to people and you hear things like, Oh, pastor, I I just want to be famous. It's good if a child, like we saw on the on the teaser, if a child says, "I want to be famous," it's a child. But you you are you are thirty two, and your vision is, "I want to be famous." You've beaten a bait. I speak to people and I say, "Pastor, I I just want to hammer." Initially, I didn't know what hammer meant. He said, hammer? You want to hammer? What does that mean? Carpentry? He said, pastor, I want to make it. How can your life objective be, I just want to make it? I just want to be rich. I don't care. I just want to make it. That is not a vision. Someone said, pastor, me, I want to eat everything and not gain weight. Eat everything eatable. Chocolate, cake, uh and yam, everything. See at any time. 12 midnight, 2 a.m. But not to gain a single weight. <laughs> Another person would say, Pastor, I want to walk a little bit and get a lot of money. In the western part of the country, they say, (laughs) some say, I want to work like an ant. Have you heard that before? And eat like, I want to work like an ant, and eat like an elephant. I want to walk like an ant and eat like an elephant. That's your vision. I want to walk like an ant and eat like an elephant. <laughs> but you see, the truth remains that if you really walk like an ant, you will actually eat like an elephant. Really. If, if you really walk like an ant, if you, if you examine the life of the ant, you will discover that the ant is one of the most strategic creatures. Most industrious. They know when it's winter. They know when to plan. They know how to set goals. They know how to pursue their objectives with single-mindedness. If there's sugar there and you block the way of the ant to get it to that sugar, what happens to the ant? It finds another way. As long as there's sugar there, it's going to get it. I think we need to begin to walk like an ant or like ants so that we can begin to eat like elephants. Let's look at the ant briefly. Proverbs 6, from verse 6. God is saying to you and I, take a lesson from the ant. You lazy bones. When I read it I was like, ah oh God, that's not fair. <laughs> These people are, ouch, that is hard. (laughs) Learn their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, a lot of people don't work if nobody is there to make them work. Entrepreneurs can tell you, you hire people, sometimes they just don't want to work. But once they see your guy, everybody begins to, to run around. And they are praying for a breakthrough. The labor had all summer. The ants. Gathering food for the winter. How strategic. But uh oh. But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? And it goes on and on and on and on. You see, many of us, yes, physical sleep, but beyond that, many of us are physically awake, but we are mentally asleep. We are dozing mentally. Many of us are physically strong, but we are mentally flabby and weak. And God is challenging you and I today. So today, we are going to be zooming in on setting goals. We are going to be zooming in on setting goals and bringing them to fruition. But before we even begin, we need to, like, a caveat. Psalm 127 verse 1. Except the Lord builds. The labor in vain that builds. Unless the Lord builds the house. So we are starting acknowledging God up front. Acknowledging God up front. And we are setting goals, knowing that God himself set goals. God himself set goals. Pastor, how do you know? It's in the Bible. God set goals. Show me in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10. God's word translation. GW translation. Ephesians 1 10. It says, he, God, planned to bring all of history. Everybody say all of history. God planned to bring all of history to his... Goal in Christ. Then Christ will be the head of everything in heaven and on earth. So God's goal is to make Jesus Lord of everything. Sooner or later, every knee will bow to Jesus. It's a question of whether you are going to bow willingly or you are going to be forced to bow. Every knee will bow. That is God's goal. And it's going to come to pass. How do I know? Psalm 33 verse 11. Psalm 33 verse 11, it says, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. So God's counsel will stand. It doesn't matter what the press say. It doesn't matter what the media say. They may say that it's okay for a man to marry a man or a woman to marry a, a woman. The, the, the Western world can say that is fine. But guess what? God's counsel We'll stand. Because one day, everybody, everybody the Queen of England, Barack Obama, Good Luck Jonathan, Cameron, Olufemi Munein, you can put your name there. Everybody is going to bow to Jesus. Everybody. That's a good place to clap. <laughs> Everybody. But some of us have chosen to do our own willingly. Some people will be forced to bow. Whether the world likes it or not, Jesus will be loved because that is God's big idea. That's God's goal. That's God's plan. So God wants us to start... A year with the end in mind. The year is pretty early. I mean, in the beginning of the year. God wants us to start with the end in mind. God wants us to set clear-cut goals. God doesn't want you to wait until November and December and you're like, 2014 don't pass. And you're wondering whatever happened to the year. God wants you to stay and stop now and Project and prophesy how 2014 will be. The surest way to prophesy your future is to plan. Sit with God and plan. Many people just want to do things and whenever whenever they get to, it's fine. But God wants you to be deliberate. God wants you to have a target and go for that target. You can put up the the, the graphic of of, um, the bullseye. In DART in and in certain other shooting games, you have concentric circles. And the innermost circle, the one that is red, I hope it's red on your screen, the one that is red is the bullseye. So to play a DART game, the target is set already and you go for the target you go for the target so th- there was this boy that was playing like the, the beach that which is they saw this guy he would throw his javelin anywhere it lands he would draw concentric circles around it and he would begin to jubilate that oh i hit the bulls i hit the bulls i hit the bullseye. and we go to another place in the beach and we throw his javelin and we draw Circled around it, and you begin to jubilate. Oh, I have the bullseye, the bullseye. And they told you, What are you doing? You are supposed to draw the circles, then aim. The guy says, But I can't miss. So why don't I shoot? Then anywhere it lands. It's the bullseye. God doesn't want you to live your life like that. God wants you to sit down with Him and plan. Everybody say, plan. Sit down with him and come up with goals. Write the goals down. Write them down. It's been said, severally, that a written goal is ten times more uh, possible to come to pass than goals that are not written down. Proverbs 21.5 Proverbs 21.5 The Word of God says, The plans of the diligent lead surely, everyone say surely, leads surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty, who rushes into the year, who rushes at things that without planning, comes only to penury. So you can either live by design or live by default. You can live by design or just wish. And anyone that is accustomed with Goal settings and planning and all that, knows that the consultants, they have what they call the SMART goals, right? S M A R T. SMART goals is an acronym for um, how to set goals. And I think it's fantastic. But as a church, we have come up with smarter goals. We put E R behind it. If they have smart, we have smarter. Isn't that, isn't that good? That's also awesome. Okay, clap. You can be the only one clapping. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> now, the key thing here is this. It's not about being smarter or smarter. It's about applying it to our own context as believers. So, we're going to take a lot from what we've done and we're going to add how it makes sense to us as believers. So, the first S they said to us, that the goal must be specific. was specific. That's what they said. And they are right, because it's scriptural. the goal must be specific. And the key to specificity is clarity. It's clarity. If it's not clear, it can't be specific. When you are specific, you are achieving clarity. What is that? Goal. What do you want to achieve? How, what, is it, what is it? You are running a business. What is that goal? What's for the business this year? What is the goal? What's the objective? That's to be clear. And how clear should it be? Abbaqq chapter 2 verse 2. I mean, the word of God is amazing. Abbaqq chapter 2 verse 2. The word of God says that the Lord gave me this answer. Write down Clearly, everyone say clearly. Write down clearly on tablets what I reveal to you. How clearly should it be, Lord, so that it can be read at a glance? That's how clear it should be. And that transition says that so that he that is running, when he looks at what you have written, he gets it even though he's running. He doesn't need to stop to read it. That's how clear it should be. Amazing. Specific. Then they they tell us that the M is what? Measurable. So the S is what? Come on. Specific. Then M is what? Measurable. Simply means, how do I measure success? How do I measure success? I want to drive east. You are driving east. But you can drive east indefinitely. How do I know I have reach the goal. I want to drive east until I get to Victoria Island. Okay, that is measurable. So, when I get to Victoria Island, I can celebrate a win. That's the win. I've gotten to Victoria Island. I throw a party. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Proverbs 13, 19. Proverbs 13, 19, the Word of God says, it is pleasant to see dreams come true. It's pleasant to see dreams come true. Asparta goals. S is for specific. M is for measurable. A is supposed to be for achievable, but we've changed that to action plans. What are the steps? What are the action steps I need to take to go from here to Victoria Island, for instance? So, I need to look for my keys, my car keys. I need to get to the car, start the car, drive. Or I need to get on the road, flag down Okada. Okay, there's no more Okada. Flag down the cab, get into the cab that is going in that direction and go. Action plans. Praise the Lord. So now smarter goals. S is for what M is for A is for an R realistic. Back to the consultants. <laughs> realistic? Is it realistic? Is it realistic? A goal, you know, can be for somebody that is thirty-five or thirty-two or thirty-three or twenty-two or twenty-five. A goal can be: I need to, I need to control my growth, how I'm growing horizontally. Some people, after twenty-one, they began to grow horizontally. I want to control that. That's a goal. That is a valid goal. But an unrealistic goal is: you are twenty-eight or you're 32, or you're whatever, and you want to control how you grow vertically. I want to gain 10 inches. Is that realistic? In the first service, the ladies told us, yes, that they can wear high heels. (laughs) But you are still going to take it off. And you are going to go to bed the same height (laughs) that you wear. So it's actually realistic. I understand as believers that there are certain things, now listen to this carefully, there are certain things that God will put in your heart as a child of God that is not realistic. That's just the truth. Why? Because if I begin to tell you the things in my heart that is not realistic, you probably will think that, ah, ah this, what kind of pastor is this? Saying? For instance, I will tell you. Secret. <laughs> Why? Because I've made mistakes in the past. Pouring out my heart to people, not knowing that they were laughing me to scorn. <laughs> really? Not nice at all. So I decided to keep it to myself and share it with a few people. So you need to have a book called the First Corinthians two, eight, no, nine and ten. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 book. Write it. This is my 1 Corinthians book, 2, 9 and 10 book. What does this say? For that which eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of man. That, is, that which is unrealistic. And in verse 10 it says, But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. So God will drop this vision or realistic visions in your heart by His Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. God will say to you, maybe you are running a a school, maybe it's a primary school. And God is saying, you you are struggling with the primary school. And God is saying to you, this school is going to grow and become a university. You better don't tell your teachers. Yet <laughs> that is like where is it going to come from? How it doesn't make sense. But with God, all things are possible. Even the unrealistic things are possible. So in our smarter goals, the S is for what? Specific. M is for. A is for. Action plans. T R sorry. It's for <laughs> realistic. And T, as you know, probably know, it's time frame. There has to be a time frame for that goal. I want to go to I want to drive east to VI by two o'clock. What's your time frame? Now, that is where the consultants stop. Now we're going to take you further than that. The E, smarter, S is for what? Specific, M is for measurable, A is for R is for T is for time frame. And E Is for expectation management. Expectation management. Under what circumstance or circumstances will you consider an adjustment? And this is this is where a lot of people struggle with goals because when you set you set goals, you don't factor in and manage your expectations. Then when when you don't achieve those goals, or things don't go as planned. You really don't want to set goals again because you don't want to, Nobody wants to feel like a failure. Nobody wants to look stupid. But as you factor in expectation management, it means that you are saying, "Look, if I am, if this happens, and I'm not able to reach this goal, then this is how I'm going to manage my expectation. This is how I'm going to recover." So our smarter goals are S is for specific, M is for A is for R is for T is for E is for and R is for Revelation. As believers, all our goals should be scriptural. All our goals should be based on the Bible. There should be a revelation that backs up that goal. If a man wakes up and says, even though he's a Christian, and says his goal this year is to marry a second wife, and he says, is this specific? Is it measurable? Is it... What are the action plans? I'm going to go to uh, Unilag and hang out with final year students, or go to orientation camp, <laughs> NYSC. Is it realistic? Yes, it can be done, it's realistic. What is the time base before Q2? Expectation management. If I get a show the first time, I will try again. Maybe I will now go to last <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but what is the revelation? What's the word of God? What word can you use to back that up? None. So it can't be a go. Guys, some people are laughing at us. Yeah, pastor, I can give you. <laughs> There's no word to back it up. The word of God is clear. Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. There has to be a prophetic vision. It's prophetic because it's in line with God's word for you. It's prophetic, it's in line with God's word for you. So at for With house, we've come up with a tool that can help you put all these things into perspective. And we've called it the ghost card. There was a ghost card. So the ushers are going to give us the ghost card now. I'm going to breeze through it. 2014 goals. Good. If you flip it open, you will see that we've done the work for you. We've done the work for you. Specific, measurable action plan, realistic time. Based expectation management and revelation. Now on top of of it okay, I'm assuming we all have it. The Gross Card. Okay? Since we all have the ghost card, the first thing you do is put your name. on it. Own it. The second thing you do, you put your live group. Pastor, but I don't have a live group. You have two options. Join one. Live groups are starting next week. Or start one. Start one in your house. Start one in your business. Start one. How do I start one? See us. Now, we have broken it down to the, well, eight categories where you should have goals. You should have a spiritual growth goal. You should have a goal for your spiritual life. Bible study goal, maybe daily devotion, maybe prayer, maybe church ministry, maybe soul winning. You should have family and friends goals, improved relationship, my marriage Quality time with my spouse, etc. Spending time with my children. You should have health goals, weight loss goals. Some people need to have weight gain goals. You are too laparious. You need to gain some weight. For those over the internet, to be laparious means to be skinny or slim or extremely Slim. Slim. You need to gain some weight. Your cholesterol level. You may say that, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm slim. But you may not be fit. It's one thing to be slim. It's another thing to be fit. You may be slim and unfit. My creative goals. What business am I starting? What new business idea? What, what uh, concept? What invention? What am I creating this year? Am I creating... Um, um, A bomb detector? (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. Educational, intellectual, professional goals. What what courses should I take? What skills do I need to acquire? What training am I going for? Wow! What books do I need to read? Or rather, how frequent am I supposed to read books? I'm going to read a book a month. What is my book reading goal? Then emotional growth. What's anger control? Every time I get angry in 2013, I broke a window. 2014, I need to have anger control goals. Every time I'm angry in 2013, I used to say things I later regret saying. What are my anger control goals? Increase risk-taking. Some of us, we are too risk-averse. How can I push that a little bit? Handling depression. I said to you before, I mean, when I just began to pastor, (laughs) my Mondays, I usually, I I get depressed on Mondays. When I first began to pastor, uh, eight plus years ago. And on Mondays, I used to say, I'm not doing this thing again. Lord, please help me. I'm not pastoring again. No, this thing is too hard. Da, 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 da. You know, I, I just, it's like a valley. I feel drained and just flat out. But right now, by the grace of God, I'm not there anymore. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because I've set goals to take me out of that state of depression. Even when I want to get low on my Mondays, I know what to do. The first thing I do, I don't pick calls on Mondays. Nothing personal. You call me on Monday, I'm not going to answer you. Uh, go and listen to the sermon. I preached on Sunday. I'm not answering nobody. So I came up with clear court plans. And the depressive thing is a history in my life praise the name of the lord thank you jare i think this guy needs to be sitting in front he, he likes clapping and encouraging me you need to encourage your brother you know i'm trying to preach this thing <laughs> praise the name of the lord now the key thing is this i know where i used to be do i still get those emotions that try to send me to depression yes but i know what to do I deal with them squarely because I had goals. Eradicating bitterness. Then you should have material goals. I must say, material goals. Are we building a new home this year? Are we buying a new car this year? I will put my finances, our investment, and that is supposed to be debt eradication. Not that's a B, not a T, not a P. That's debt eradication. Am I? I, I, I mean debt. This year, I want to reduce my debt to 50 percent. or I want to wipe it out altogether, 100 percent. I need to have a goal. Then, my favorite: leisure goals. <laughs> you should have leisure goals. More time for sports. You should create time for vacation. I've shared with you consistently. My work shall be rewarded. My goals shall be rewarded. As we round up today, we've said to us that one day Jesus Christ is coming back. One day every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, everybody will bow. The question is, are you going to bow willingly or are you going to bow forcefully? You can settle that today. Yes, we need to set goals, but except the Lord builds, except the Lord builds, the labor in vain that builds, except the Lord watches the city, the watchman watches in vain. You're saying, Pastor, I want to bow my knees to Jesus. Let's bow down our hearts bow heads as we offer the privilege of privacy to our brothers and sisters that we're making this call this morning. I want to bow my knees to Jesus, Pastor. I don't need you to come forward. You can sit down wherever you are, but I, I need to know you are there. I want to bow my knees, Pastor, to Jesus. Willingly today. Oh, I used to be with Jesus for that backsliding. Right now, I want to come back. I want to bow my knees willingly to Jesus. Pastor, that is me. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. Like I said, you don't need to come forward. But wherever you are seated, Pastor, that is me. I need to know you are there. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly. If I put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well. And take a card. God bless you. If I put it up, put it up. Well, 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 well. Just, just put it on your head. God bless you. God bless you. Put it over your head. God bless you, sir. So I can see your hand there. Over your head. Over your head. God bless you, sir. I think that guy is of up now. that. God, I may walk with you. That is me. Put up that hand now and we'll pray together. The cry of my heart is to love you more, to live with the touch of your head stronger each day. Show cry of my heart, cry of my heart to love you all, to live with a touch of your hands, stronger each day, show me your way. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone that is committing to you today, bowing down their knees, willingly to you. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you breathe upon every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. The grace to work with you given to us. Change these lives totally. Lord, we pray for every one of us that have set up our hearts to seek you and to set clear goals for this year. Lord, give us the enablement, oh God. Help us to make our lives count and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Praise the name of the Lord.